0: history of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the word together.
1: And then puts up a sign that reads, no fishing. How often do we do that, though? We just pull up that old sin and it's like, oh God, I'm sorry, you know? It's like, it's already buried. Leave it there, amen? The book of Revelation, we're called to make applications. So as I, if I look at this, I, I think about how compassionate our God is. How merciful god is and you know he's called us to be merciful and compassionate did i skip over it there it is and jesus said luke six thirty six therefore be merciful just as your father also is yes. merciful we're to be merciful the other day somebody did something against the church that made me very mad and i confronted him and told him it was wrong and i was upset and i believe that that was a righteous anger he doesn't go to the church. You guys don't know who he is, but he's, it just—it was—it was wrong, and it was against the church, and it hurt the church. And I confronted it. I said, "That's wrong," and I'm furious, and dealt with it. And since he apologized, which is great, but there's this balance of being merciful, but we. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. That's not an easy thing to do, to get angry and not sin, because we can get angry and then we sin, because we're, we're in the flesh and we get angry at the wrong things. But, but we have to realize the same Jesus that flipped over the tables there, the money changers, and, and took the whip, and he was driving the money changers out, and he says, you know, you, you make my house a, a house of merchandise when my house is to be a house of prayer. That same Jesus fed the poor, healed the sick, raised the dead, had compassion. Lord, help us to know the leading of His Spirit when it comes to our emotions and how we're to respond, how we're to act. Lord, help us with that. I'm not up here saying that i perfected this. No, I I don't believe I have at all, but I want to do what's right, and I need to be more compassionate. My wife and I, we were at uh, Home Depot just the other day. We've been going there quite a bit because there's a lot of projects going on, and I actually love working with my hands. I haven't been able to as much as I want, but I love Home Depot. As a matter of fact, so I don't like shopping, but for some reason, I like shopping there. I don't know what it is, it's weird. So we're in line, we're getting ready to check out in a self-checkout, and this this older elderly man, he didn't see. <laughs> He didn't see that there was a line. And so he went right up to, to check out on his own. And, and I'm standing there in line. And I'm, I, like, I like to take advantage of every second that I have. So this was getting in my way. And I'm thinking, so I, I literally, listen to this. I had this molding that's nine foot long in my hand. And I was going to, he was like about eight foot away. So I was, I was reaching up. I was going to tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> to tell him, hey, get in the back of the line. And literally, I went, I kid you not. I went like this. And I went to put it up. And the Lord says, don't do that. <laughs> and I, he spoke in a strong way to my heart. It's, it's OK. Let him go. And I was like, thank you, Lord. It's like, <laughs> And he reminded me as I was going like this that I have a merciful God that's so merciful to me. But we're called. We're called to, to extend his mercy to others. We're to be merciful to others. Amen? But back in our text, we get to verse 2 where it says, Then I, John, saw the... Can we say those two words together? Holy city, city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Jerusalem is very significant when it comes to God. The new Jerusalem will be called the holy city. It's not a holy city right now. How many of you have been to Israel and saw the have seen Jerusalem and the old town and all that. It's not a holy city. There's, there's, matter of fact, out of any place in the world, when I go there, there's more spiritual tension there than I've ever experienced anywhere in, in, in the world with the Arab quarter and the Jewish quarter and the Christian's quarter. And, the, and there's, just, there's something that happens. and it's, But it's very, listen, Jerusalem, even today, is very special to God. Jerusalem is where Jesus Christ, during the millennial kingdom, will come and rule and reign from Mount Zion there in Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, we're told in Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Thus says the Lord God, This is Jerusalem, which I have set her in the midst, or in the center of the nations, and all the countries all around her, it's, it's very special. This place, Jerusalem, is very special to God. He, he says it's in the center of all the nations. And then, I don't know if you realize this, but here it's the crossroads of three continents. But also, most languages to the east of Jerusalem are written from right to left, while most languages of the west of Jerusalem are written from left to right. And it's just, there's something very significant about this place called Jerusalem. But it's not holy yet. And it won't be completely holy until this new city, this new Jerusalem, comes down from heaven. And it's going to be beyond anything that we can even come up with. And we'll talk in detail in the next few weeks. We're going to look at some more details about this holy city. This is where God himself, God the Father, and God the Son will be there on thrones. And this water is going to come forth out of the throne. And it's going to be a place like we can't even imagine. But it's not a holy place right now. Matter of fact, David Hawkins, he tells about how when he was there with a tour, he warned everyone in his tour. He said, you know, this is like the people are like the most professional pickpocketers in the world are right here. And it's true. So he warned his group. And it's true. If you ever go to the old town, old city of Jerusalem, be careful. There's the best pickpocketers that are there. They're just amazing. They're, 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 They're pros. So he tells his, his tour, he tells all his people, he says, hey, you know, women, watch your purses, put it in your front, hold on your purses, make sure, you know, people are going to bump into you, they're going to try to steal from you. Told the, the men, you know, watch your wallets, make sure you got your hand in your wallets. And so he went through the whole spiel with them, and he goes through the, the, the place, and then they get to their destiny. He goes, well, let's now all take a picture, and he went to get his camera, and his camera was missing. They took it. Off his neck, they must have just cut it. They bumped into him. They took his camera. So then he reached, true story, he reached in his pocket. Guess what? His wallet was gone. True. And the change, the shekels in the bottom of his pocket, they got that too. (laughs) It's not a holy city. Not yet. But the best is yet to come. But Look at the rest of this. It's prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. When you think of a bride, I, I don't know what word you think of, but I think, first word I think of is radiant. Beautiful, stunning, elegant, pure. There's a lot of preparation that takes place. I know for my wife, when she was preparing, there's a lot of preparation that takes place to be a bride, to walk down that aisle. The right gown, the right shoes, the right veil, the hair has to be right, the makeup just right. There's, there's a lot of preparation. And then when she comes down, when she walks down that aisle, guess what? What do we do? Our tradition, everybody stands up, right? And everybody turns, what are they looking at? They're, they're looking at the bride. And I know when my wife walked down the aisle, she was radiant. She, I could see her glowing from. I was standing there at Calvary Costa Mesa. Pastor Chuck Smith walked her down the aisle, and everybody, all eyes are on her. And, and it just she was just she was like a light bulb. She was just radiant. And I've told you this before, but she, literally they just were walking real slow, and she was acknowledging everybody, and it was just like. And I was like, "Come on, let's go. Let's." let's go. <laughs> But I can guarantee you, there wasn't one eye on me whatsoever. It was all on the bride. And if you think through this with me for a second, you think through that God has prepared this place, this new city for us to dwell in with Him, a meeting place where we're going to dwell with Him for all eternity. But He prepared this earth in six days. And I'm assuming as it says prepared, I don't know how long he's been preparing, but possibly for the last 2,000 years, he's been preparing this wonderful place for us. If he's prepared this beautiful place in six days, can you imagine what this new city is going to look like? I cannot even imagine. But I believe as we stand up and we're in awe of the bride, as, as a bride is walking down the aisle, I, I believe when this city comes down, there'll be the new heaven, the new earth. But when this glorious city, this crown that's going to come down, I believe this crown of, the, of, of heaven and earth is going to come, we're going to be standing in awe, like how beautiful, how radiant. I don't know about you, but I'm looking towards that time. I'm excited about seeing this new city coming down from heaven. Amen? And if you think through this, it's called a holy city, but there's never been a holy city in this earth. And never. And you might say, Well, Pastor, what about the Garden of Eden? You know, the Well, even that was tainted with the serpent. There's never been a holy city. And daily we're reminded that this is not heaven here. And and I think things are getting more and more crazy as we as we read the news. Did you guys see this? I mean, this is just weird. Michigan school puts litter boxes in the bathrooms for students that identify now as cats. Midland Public School in Michigan. This is, listen, this is what happens when you take the Bible out of schools, when you take prayer out of school. What do you do? Anything goes. Anything goes. It's sad. This just came out last night. The State Department has ordered families of the U.S. Embassy personnel in Ukraine to begin evacuating the con- <laughs> Evacuating the country as soon as Monday. So the headline: "We're at the brink of war." U.S. officials tell Fox News, "It's not heaven till we get there." How about this? D.C. is the new Soviet Union. They're on food rations now. There's shortage of food. All these things leading towards—I believe—pointing to the fact that Christ is coming. So if you were with us last Sunday, we pointed out that there was a school that had a Satan club. Well, now another one pops up. Another after-school Satan club that targets children ages 6 to 11 shows up at the elementary school, this time in Ohio, elementary school in Warren, Ohio. Ohio's under intense scrutiny from parents and community members after after the school decided to allow an after-school Satan club that is being offered by the Satanic Temple to be held on its campus. Guys, This is what happens again when you take the Bible out of schools and you take prayer out of school. So we're looking for a new heaven and a new earth. Amen? This one, this one's very concerning. This is what they tried to do here in the United States, but it didn't pass. But it has passed in Canada. So it says Canada law could lock up religious people for five years if they resist children's transition gay identity. So a new Canadian law called the C4 outlaws so-called conversion therapy, which is defined in the law as any counseling or advising against transgender or non-binary identity or non-heterosexual uh, sexuality. Listen to this. Don't miss this. Even if the young person or adult requests it. Do you understand what this is? If somebody goes into a church in Canada... It says, you know, I'm struggling with homosexuality. I don't know if this is a sin or not a sin. What do you think? And they say, yeah, the Bible says it's a sin, and you can repent from that, and God can help you with that area of your life. They can go to jail for five years, even if they request help. It directly goes against the Bible. Lord, help us. But we have good news. I always like to leave it with good news here. (laughs) So as many as, yeah, 100,000 or more pro-life Americans march in the bitter cold Friday, Washington, D.C., hoping and praying that states soon will be allowed to protect unborn babies again. Amen. But still, we're reminded that the Lord is coming, and there's no holy city, and there won't be a holy city until we see this holy city, and we will see it someday. Amen? Amen. Verse 4. And God will wipe away how many tears? every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more, can we say it? Death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No more crying. Do you ever think about crying with an emotion that's, I don't know about you, but there's, I don't cry very often. But when I do, it's like a release. It's like if something gets me so upset, and I just start, I just start crying, I'm like, Wow. I should cry more often. This is good. But usually crying is brought about by something that has hurt you or has discouraged you or is bothering you, and it brings this emotion, and God created this for us, and we we cry. I was told that if you look at our uh, our teardrops under a microscope, that they're, the crystals form crosses, so there's little crosses that come down as we cry. But there's no need for that. Why? Because... there's there's going to be nothing in this new place that's going to discourage us. In his presence is fullness of joy. In other words, we're not going to have this emotion of pain and hurt and, and sorrow and all these things. It's all going to be gone. I look forward to that. There's no more death. That means there's no graveyards, there's no cemeteries, and there's no funeral services, there's no memorial services. Death is a difficult thing to deal with if you do not know Christ, Right? I've done memorial services when I was at Calvary Costa Mesa. I've done many memorial services. And I can always tell if the family, if they're believers or not believers. I could tell by how they handle death, especially when a mother loses a child. It's impossible to deal with something like that if you don't know Christ. But if you know Christ, you can deal with it. You know why? Because we, when a person, we say that we lost a person, but we don't really lose anyone if they're a Christian. We know right where they're at. But death separates us. My dad, just uh, 10 years ago, uh, on the 17th, January 17th, 10 years ago, he went to be with the Lord. I miss him. But guess what? I'm going to see him again and spend all the eternity with him. I have a little brother that died as a baby. I never met my brother. I'm going to meet my brother. I'm going to meet my mother that I never met. I've got, I have a big investment in heaven, and I can't wait. But the, the good news is, once we go to heaven, and once we're with them, there's going to be no more separation from them anymore no death, nor sorrow. Can you imagine, listen to this, we will never have a bad day for all eternity. I mean, I don't think there's a week that goes by where I can say, well, I had a bad day. Do you ever have a day where you just, I hope this day ends, because that was the worst day of my life. And then the next day gets worse. (laughs) No more bad days. Truly, no more. We will not ever have a bad day again in our lives, because why? We'll be in His presence. There'll be fullness of joy. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. There's all that's going to be done away with. So no sorrow, no depression, no no antidepressants. No more need for a pharmaceutical company. There, you know, no pharmacy, no drugs, no more pain. How many can say Amen to that? No more pain. Pain is terrible. I know there's. First service, a lady came up for prayer and her, her shoulder was up real high. And she says, Pastor, can you pray for me? I'm going to get a surgery. And you could tell she's just in total pain. Her shoulder's just giving her all this pain. And it's like, pain's a terrible thing. It's part of the fall. We won't have that in the new heaven, in the new earth, and the new city. Matter of fact, I love what Paul the Apostle said in Romans 8, 8 18. He says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to compare with the what? Can we say that together? The glory. Which shall be revealed in us. In other words, Paul realized, hey, this is just temporal. This suffering, this difficult time, it's nothing to compare to what the glory we're going to experience when we're with him. Amen? And then verse five. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, can I say can you say this with me? I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I believe the reason why. He wrote, these words are true and faithful because when you hear this, it's almost like, I don't know if you think this, it's like, is this really true? I'm never going to have a bad day. I'm never going to have pain. I'm going to have fullness of joy. We'll never be separated from one another. It's like, is that true? Well, these words are true. These words are faithful. You can bank on it. But he says, I make all things new. It's very obvious God is doing new things in our midst. Amen? Amen. I literally come I've been coming here to these grounds for months, and every time I step on these grounds, I'm like, really, God, is this a dream or is this real? You really are providing this beautiful place for us? And all glory to him. And he's doing it. Listen, he is doing a new thing in our midst. You might be a person that does not like change, but can I challenge you? God likes change. And God, as I mentioned last Sunday, I want to say it again, because I believe this is for somebody here today Again, reminding you, step out of your comfort zone. Allow the Lord to stretch you. God wants to make changes. God wants to do new things in every one of us. Don't be content where you're at. Allow the Lord to challenge you. Allow the Lord to to make changes in your life. Allow the Lord to do new things in your life and through your life. I'm blown away. You might say, Pastor, what is God doing here? And I, I'll tell you, I don't know. But I know he's doing something new and it's exciting. And I can guarantee you this, he is the one that's doing all of this. So we're just watching him work. There was a lady out in the parking lot a couple days ago, and I saw her, you know, walking through the parking lot. Her name's Kathy, and she says, you know, Pastor, I want you to know. Last Sunday was my first Sunday at your church, and I love your church. I'm inviting all my neighbors. So that's so awesome. And, and uh, so we, we were talking, and she said, you know, I was praying, and the church I was going to, I felt the Lord said that, you know, I was asking him. I felt the prompting to go to a different church. And as I was praying, the Lord says, I'm going to bring a church to you. And she goes, and here you guys are. That's before I knew you guys would be here. And I'm right next door. God brought a church to me as he said he would. And I'm like, and that's just one testimony. God is doing a new thing. And by the way, Kathy, she used to ride the shuttle at her other church. So now today she rode the shuttle for us here at this church. Is that amazing? (laughs) God is good all the time. Every good and perfect gift comes down from him, the father of lights, I pray that we're in tune with the leading of his Holy Spirit because I don't want you and I don't want to miss out on all that God has. God is on the move. He's always on the move. Listen, people right now I'm finding are more open to Jesus than I've ever seen in my lifetime. These past two years have made people wake up and they're wondering what in the world is happening to our world. And listen, guys, we are the only ones with the answer. Why? We know the future. We know exactly what's happening. And the answer is Jesus. And he wants to save people in our midst. And he is saving people in our midst. And he's doing a whole new thing. This place, this new heaven, this new earth, and this new city is a place that we're going to go to. And 2 Peter, the Apostle Peter, talks about it. And I want to close with these verses out of this passage here out of 2 Peter chapter 3. The Apostle Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in other words, unexpectedly, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, right here, what are we to do? What manner of person ought you to be And this gives us the answer. What what manner of person, if if this is true, that this place will be done away with, that there'll be a new heaven and new earth, that our future is going to get better and better as we enter into heaven, how should we act? What should we be like? It tells us in what? In holy conduct. In holy conduct and in what? Godliness. Listen to this. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. The word hastening means earnestly desiring. And my challenge to you, are you looking for, are you earnestly desiring this new life because of which the heavens will dissolve, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? And it goes on, and this is what brings us right to our passage. Nevertheless, we, we as believers, according to his what? Look for what? New heavens heavens and a? in which righteousness dwells. My challenge to all of us, are we looking for a new heaven and new earth? And there's some people that I'm looking at, they're like, yes. These past two years have been telling me, this place is not my home. I have a new home, and I'm looking forward to this new heaven and this new earth. And then it goes on, last verse we're gonna look at. Therefore, beloved, looking forward, I'm looking forward to these things. Be diligent to be found in him by excuse me, to be diligent to be found by him in what? Peace. peace, without spot and blameless. The crazier, listen, the crazier this world gets, the more peace I have. The, the crazier this world gets, the more peace I have. Why? Because I'm backing far away from this world, like I'm not of this world. And the, the more I separate myself from this world, the more I experience the peace that surpasses all understanding that guards my heart and mind through Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I realize, wait, God, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a new heaven, a new earth. I'm looking forward to a new body. I'm looking forward to a place that your glory dwells in my future, your future. Our future is so bright, but there's a dying world out there that needs to know him. And the only way we can be spotless and without blame is through the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us and cleanses us and we continually just give Him our sin and we go into His presence and this world can experience Him because we're His children and we're different. Don't try to be like this world. Realize we're not of this world. We should stand out in this world. Amen? So as we close, end times, the best of times. The best is yet to come for every one of us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I pray my prayers for this congregation that we would be just used by God, that we wouldn't be duped and lied to, and that we would be filled continually with His Holy Spirit, and that we would know the calling, and we would walk in it. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 1045 a.m., and 1230 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless
0: you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettig an Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now. At 714-788-8221 That's 714-788-8221 Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.